three, two, one. Love it. That was beautiful. It sounded was... like our my clap and your snap or whatever you did landed at just the same time. <laughs> it did seem close. Yeah. I feel like when we did this last night, which by the way, people, if you're listening, this is our second try of doing this because recording a podcast over the internet's not always easy when you're at your parents' house and the internet is a little spotty. <laughs> Actively horrible. But you know what? We're we're persevering, we're pushing through. It's true. We're making it through the rain. Yes, the first try. It was horrible. Second try is going to be amazing. <laughs> Everyone knows you learn in nursery school. First is the worst. Second is the best. Oh, I had not remembered that. And I'd rather not remember it. What a dumb thing we said. And did you uh, say third is the one with the hairy chest or third is the one with the treasure chest? Treasure. I would never, even as a child, say hairy chest. I always said treasure chest, too. And then yes. I got into kindergarten and first grade and suddenly everyone was like, it's hairy chest. And I was like, no, 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 no. Treasure chest. Thank yeah. you. It was, I was a treasure. Treasure. I guess we were just little treasures, you know, the two of us. We are. And now I'm the one with the hairy chest between the two oh. of us. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> you know what? You live and you learn. It happens. And it, sometimes it happens. Sometimes hair grows on your chest. All right, we're gonna take the we're gonna take the pause now. I don't want to hear any more about this. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Two Game Mats, the podcast. It's Matt Palmer. And it's Matt Steele. And uh, as you may have heard in our little intro, there we tried this to do this last night for you to stay on our schedule but alas my internet was not cooperating with me but I think I found a fix and so so far so good I think I'm hearing you I feel like we're more in time than we were last night I have a positive feeling about this recording session I do too like you have yeah. not cut out for one millisecond since I have since we have like gone on this zoom call Hey, I love that. Because last night you were like, I didn't hear any of that. I was like, great. Yeah, <laughs> Next and, point. And, and <laughs> he was just explaining like news topic. We went on for like half an hour and he was just doing news topic after news topic. And I was just like, hey. don't know. Don't <laughs> know. I guess I'll find out when I listen to the podcast. And, <laughs> and then that the Palmer was just like, we're going to stop this and try again <laughs> tomorrow during the day. Sometimes you got to quit while you're ahead. And it was just like we'd gotten so far into it, but we hadn't gone to our next segment or anything. And I was like, you know what? This was a good trial run. And we're going to figure out what the Internet issue is. And we're going to get to the bottom of it. And it'll all be fine. It, so, re- it reminded me of back in the early days of two gay mats in like 2013, 2014. If a video was like not going well or like just we started realizing <laughs> that we have absolutely nothing to talk about. You were right. just like. This isn't working. And you just <laughs> turn the camera off. That was my move. I feel like I've learned now that like even things that as you're recording them don't actually like seem like they're they're going to be that good. Sometimes you can, the magic of editing is truly magic. And sometimes we would like film a video and be like, that was dumb as shit. And then I watched it. I was like, oh, it's a joy. Absolutely. So, it's just you know it's amazing. You just got to you've got to trust the process. I've learned anything as a content creator. You've just got to trust the process. Yeah. And we've also naturally just gotten better at, you know, talking about nothing. And that's, for <laughs> that's like true. 10 minutes and being like, oh, I guess this will entertain the people. <laughs> I mean, it's I already true. gave them a visual with my hairy chest. So they're obviously well, loving that. I hoped we'd left that in the past of two minutes ago, so I'm glad it's back. It has reared its ugly head yet again. But Matt Steele, yes. how was your week? My week was pretty good, except for, I talked to you about this yesterday, yeah. um, My something is wrong with my transmission in my car. Mm. Uh, I was having problems with my engine for like a little while. The check engine light kept going on and off, and 
Uh, I noticed that, uh, according to my friend who knows about cars, my car seems to be having trouble going into fifth gear, whatever that means. Right. Um, I, I think it means like when you go fast. <laughs> and so, <laughs> uh, so I was like, oh, it's probably something wrong with my engine. It probably needs a new coil, a new whatever cylinder, which are things I had gotten replaced in the past. Do I know what they are? No, but I know of I've gotten them not. replaced. And so I took it to a you know a regular shop. And they were like, ooh, actually, it's your transmission, so you need to send it to, like, a transmission place, which is separate. Which just sounds expensive. When you hear the words, it's your transmission, it just I can see the money draining from my bank account, honestly. Yes, yes, and I still have not gotten that stimulus check yet. Damn! So. Oh, wait, but did you get an update? So that, yesterday, when we were pre-recording this, when we had our trial run moment, you told me you were supposed to hear today what the actual problem is, and they would give you an estimate. Did that happen yet? With the car, not the stimulus check. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no, I haven't heard from them. So I'm giving, I'm giving them today, and then tomorrow I'll call them and be like, where's my car? Uh, all right. Yeah, so hopefully all of that goes well, and I will not have to pay too much money. But, you know, if I do, then everyone, please share this podcast and share all our videos. Um, it's true. Become patrons. We've we've had a few new patrons. I've got to say, we haven't discussed this. I was getting some emails like, okay, we have new patrons that are really going for it. I'm like, guess we got, I mean, I promise when we come back, we will film some of the videos that have been requested of us. It's going to happen. Matt Steele wanted to do one before I left, but you know what? I had to pack. I was having a goodbye dinner. Matt Steele got tired. It didn't happen, but we will be doing it as soon as I'm back in the LA area. Believe you me. I promise. Yes, absolutely. And we need to do more. Uh, since we we're going to start doing, I guess maybe is this a time to announce to the people about... I don't even know what you're announcing, but yeah. <laughs> that we're going to do uh, more Two Game Acts, the listening parties. Oh, yes. Yes. I think they know that. Okay. And and so like a lot of like our musical theater content, like album reviews will be in the Two Game Acts, the listening party. And so we're going to yes. have to think of new things to do for our special bonus material for our, our Patreon. I, I still think we can just chat and like talk about real things because I don't think we've even ever talked about when we came out. Like in a real way. Oh, that could be a fun so one. Oh my god! I, I mean, I don't know if fun's the word, <laughs> but, we but yeah, I feel like we could talk about like just chatty personal things as bonus podcast stuff. And I love that we're just brainstorming about the brand on the, you know what you guys are getting a behind the scenes look. But I think that could be fun for people because um, I remember when we had that boyfriend's deep dive, our ex boyfriend's deep dive. People like that. Yeah. So, so. Guys, stay tuned and uh, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned for all the the patrons out there. Um, what else did I do this week? I don't know. I, I started doing my taxes, uh, which that. is always very stressful when you, you know, are a freelancer of some sort and you get, mm. you know, different royalties checks of different kinds and trying to figure that out. And every year I'm always like, I'm going to remember how exactly to do this <laughs> and what I did the last time. And right. nope, I don't remember a thing and I have to figure it all out again. And I have to figure out all of, like, I mean, I have like the list of all the deductions and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, but like, it's just, it's just stressful because I'm always afraid I'm going to do it wrong and they're going to come and arrest me. I know. And it's the craziest thing because it's truly like, they know the number you owe and I could know. just tell you, but they make you figure it out. And I'm like, why is this the way we're doing things? Why is this how taxes work? I don't, I'm just doing my best guys. I'm truly not trying to defraud anyone. I'm no Jin Shaw. I'm no Teresa Judice. I just want to get my money or pay the money I need to pay, whatever it is and do it as well as possible. But TurboTax is all I have. So if you have a problem, talk to them. And it's going okay so far. This is the first time I'm using TurboTax and it's, it's treating me well. TurboTax is nice. I like TurboTax. Yeah. So Matt Palmer. Not an ad. <laughs> yeah, not an ad. They're not paying <laughs> us. But, but if they would like to, uh, they can email us at 2 at gmail.com. Um, it's true. Matt Palmer, you've had a way more eventful week than me. So tell me all about your week. 
Okay. Well, I flew back to Atlanta. That was Friday at noon. And so I am taking, I took Friday off work. I'm taking today off work and then tomorrow off work. I have been home seeing my family. Um, I'm staying with my parents, obviously, in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And we drove over. My brother bought a house. He and his wife bought a house in the past past year or so. I think like mid-2020, they bought a new house. And so we drove out there. I got to see the new house for the first time. It was lovely. I saw that house when he posted it. It's lovely. It's like in the woods. I know. It's yes, it's very there's a lot of woodland creatures. They have bird feeders and squirrels attacking the bird feeders and the dog has places to roam. So everybody's happy. Everyone's lovely. It just got me thinking about like, man, L.A. real estate is so much more expensive. (laughs) And like, you know, we love a beach. We love the West Coast. There are many pros about L.A., but man, oh, man, what I could buy like they could buy. The house has two stories, a friggin basement, like a whole the basement's like a whole like apartment area. There's like a whole backyard with like a well and all this shit and all these birds flying everywhere. I know it's truly like it came out of a Disney movie. And I'm like, you know how much this would be in Los Angeles? It'd be millions and millions of dollars. And like. That's, you know what, that's just the choice we've made. There are pros and cons about every place. And, you know, we're doing the best we can. But it is it was tough to see, I will say. It was just like, okay, this would cost so much where I am. But you know what, I'll be happy in a modest home. A little Spanish-style thing that I'm sure will be like a million dollars anyways. <laughs> so <laughs> Well, I, I am not, I would like a big home. But, uh, <laughs> but, but the thing is that you're talking to someone who has only lived in New Jersey, New York City, and Los Angeles. Mm. So I'm used to real estate being pretty expensive. I guess you're right. So, because in New Jersey, it's it's pretty expensive, and in New York City, obviously, and I mean now LA. So I I just screwed myself by just living <laughs> in all these places. But you know, I would be happy with like a nice a nice sleek condo. I don't know if you know everyone in my relationship would be happy with that, but I would be very <laughs> open <laughs> to a nice sleek condo or even townhouse moment. But if we're talking like our own yard, a whole like you know four walls that aren't touching any other anyone else's homes, it's like okay, well that's a it's an investment. So you know what. We hope it happens. That's why everyone's got to go to patreon.com slash 2 mats and support us so that one day we can buy a condo. And by, by, <laughs> literally, by everyone, we mean literally everyone, like all eight, 8 billion people in the world. Truly. I, we need everyone in the world on there. <laughs> yeah, in order to afford any house whatsoever. It, I'm, it's true. I'm very pro, like, townhouse or, like, apartment myself. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. just because I'm used to... I'm from a, 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 I mean, I grew up in a, you know, a single house in, in New Jersey, but you know, my grandparents lived mm. in, in Trenton, New Jersey. I, I'm from just outside of Trenton. My, I, I'm used to Trenton, so I'm used to like a duplex moment right. or like New York City. I, I, I enjoyed living in an apartment. I would love like a brownstone in New York City. Oh. That's like my dream. But so I, oh I kind of like uh, having a, like a shared wall moment. It makes me feel, you know, like, you know, nice and comforted maybe. Um, I just we'll I see mean, how I feel when I'm like in my 40s, but right. <laughs> I yes, I think there are definitely pros and cons. The actual sharing with the wall I don't love because, you know, as a vocalist, we get to singing. And so uh, I wouldn't want to be a bother to people, which I'm sure I am now. But like they'll deal. And also I sound great. So you're welcome. <laughs> but <laughs> I I feel like in the future, the, the shared wallness of it all is the part I wouldn't like. But I don't I, again. Not everyone in my relationship agrees. I don't need outdoor space, really. <laughs> like, give me if the inside has is sleek and has a lot of rooms and has a lot of space. Like, I I watched MTV Cribs with Mariah, and I was like. 
that's a home. Mm. That, and of course, that's not the home I would get. But again, she was Sharon Wall. She was in New York City. But that Tribeca apartment was gorgeous. And it's like, if I could get something in that world, I would live with that. Yeah. Like, I'd be very happy. You'd like a nice, so, cold, asleep uh, place. It would all be beige. And if it was up to me, everything, it would look like an Apple store. I told you. I would be glass and clear and white and like maybe some beige. My pop of color would be a pop of beige. Guys, and it would be lovely. There wouldn't be a cushion in sight. No. It would no. be hard. You would be sleeping Mm-mm. on on steel uh, <laughs> like slats. There, no, there could be cushions. There could be cushions. But it's like this isn't a home for like, oh, let's bring our, our stray puppy over or whatever. Like, no, that's not something. <laughs> that would be allowed in the sleek Matt Palmer home. So love that. We'll, we'll see how it all goes. Um, so yes, it's been good to be home. I have been a little productive. I'm editing the music video that I filmed the other week and uh, also seeing my family. We got my dad an Apple TV so he can get on HBO Max. And uh, you know what? We dro- I drove around. I met my mom's puppy. Her name is Duchess. She is warming up to me, I think. She was not, and it's like, you know, some dogs are just like, oh my God, a person I love, I love, I love. She doesn't seem to be that way. She seems to be a little bit like, hmm, who are you? How do you fit into this equation? What are you doing with my mother? And so I think I'm. she's warming up to me, but it, it, it's taking some time. I'm hoping by the end of the week we'll be friends. But yeah, I imagine you're getting the the bulk of the attention this week. I am. I'm getting more like, attention than her. Hi, who are you? We've never met. <laughs> Exactly. That's truly what it is. She'll like stare at me right in the eyes as like my mom's talking to me. I'm like, what? Like, I don't know what to tell you, Duchess. Like, we had a relationship prior to you. Sorry. I love that. Someone's going to need stitches by the end of the week. No, no, I better not. And that is not on the table of things that I want to happen this week. Um, But yes, it's been good. I also posted on my close friends about the dog. And so many people are like, oh, my God, Matt, you bought a dog. I'm like, do you think I bought a dog for our apartment? Like, are you out of your mind? Who do you think I am? I know. I think people were very shocked. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe you got a dog. And then I had to do another close friend story that was like, by the way, I did not get a dog. Well, <laughs> this also, is my mother's dog. Also, I, I saw don't... I saw that story. And I think you say in the story, like, that's your mother's dog, don't you? I, I, I don't know that I do. I said, no, I said she's still warming up to me. But I hope, like, I think oh. we're getting there and I respect her for it. So I don't actually say it's my mom's dog. Okay, on maybe the first I, it's just because I knew that. You knew. Yeah. You knew. But I just assumed everyone knew. Because, like, if. I just, I mean, I could, I guess conceivably one day I could get a dog, but certainly not in an apartment, you know, when there's no green space around and I, I haven't, and like, I want to go on trips still. I don't know. I just, a dog would be a whole life decision that I'm not ready to make, but I am not ready way, for, I'm uh, not ready for a dog as well. I remember you said you had a dream one time that you like picked up a stray puppy and brought them to our apartment. And I said, that dog has to leave. And I'm like, I love that your subconscious knows me so well. <laughs> That's exactly how it would go. No, absolutely. Yeah. I would never do that to you or honestly to myself. Like me getting, right. getting a dog will be like, I will need to prep for a year. for this. Oh, my God. For sure. Like, for Lord, sure. I, can, such- I can barely do my taxes. Like, <laughs> come on. I'm still growing up. Oh, yes. It's just a big responsibility that we take seriously. You yes. know. Um, so should we hop into news for idiots? Let's go into news for idiots, guys. Yeah. So, um, the BAFTAs were yesterday. The BAFTAs were, well, they, some were awarded on Saturday and some were awarded on Sunday. The bigger, the bigger awards were awarded on, on Sunday. Oh, is it kind of like the Grammys, how they do like the less big awards, like off screen, like they don't do them on camera during the show Um, or what's the deal with the BAFTAs? They were this year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> usually, usually okay. it's one big awards ceremony, but obviously that didn't happen this year. 
Um, mm. It was uh, the a very much a, a Zoom moment, as like the Golden Globes were, as the SAGs awards were. So yeah, the BAFTAs are like the British Academy Awards, and they are the final uh, big televised awards ceremony uh, before the Oscars. Mm. So they're very much the last like big precursor before the Oscars. Is this the one that I feel like I read online that one of these shows was only an hour long? That was, was it the BAFTAs? No, that was the SAG Awards. Oh, OK, OK. Yeah, And the SAG Awards were also not live. Oh, got it. OK, now I'm understanding what's going on. Um, But I see that Nomadland won the top prize. Mm-hmm. And um, who all won that you were excited about? A Promising Young Woman won Best British Film. It won I Best see that Sir- British Film. It won Best Original Screenplay. Wow, I see that um, Sir Anthony Hopkins for The Father won Best Actor, and you said that was a surprise, correct? Yeah, that was pretty much a, that was very much a surprise. The uh, the sort of general consensus all awards season has sort of been like, oh, Anthony Hopkins is delivering one of the best performances of his career, mm-hmm. but you know the Chadwick Boseman's performance, and you know the 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 you know obviously Chadwick Boseman unfortunately passed away this past right. year, and so there was so much momentum under Chadwick Boseman. Uh, so now that Anthony Hopkins won the BAFTA, it's mm-hmm. kind of, now everyone's kind of just like, oh, wait, is Anthony Hopkins going to win the Oscar? So wow. now that is yet another acting category that is very much up in the air. I mean, I don't think anything's as up in the air as Best Actress, correct? Literally nothing. And I, I could talk <laughs> about it for hours, which I might because we actually got a uh, uh, email my heart question about Best Leading Actress. Uh-oh, here we go. So that's coming later on, guys. But <laughs> uh, So yeah, it's the only acting category that's pretty solidified is Daniel Kaluuya for Judas uh, and the Last Messiah in mm. Supporting Actor. And the fact that there are three acting categories that are pretty up in the air. Uh, supporting Actress that. is getting a little more solidified uh, uh, with uh, Young Jun Yoon for uh, uh, Minari. She's right. kind of seen as the uh, front runner now but it's not like a super strong front runner status as much as uh, Daniel Kaluuya is so I'm very excited for the Oscars um, you know, the, I mean Nomadland's definitely winning best picture and best director so those are givens but that was my question yeah. is there any world in which one of those does not go to Nomadland nope, nope. I, okay great <laughs> if it did you will have to peel me off the floor because I will be uh, so surprised all right well, I'm excited to see that, and and you said that was the last um, precursor to the Oscars, correct? Sorry, I'm not I'm not a film head, guys. If that's a dumb question, I just needed to know. Yes, because the, the big precursors are the Critics' Choice Awards, the Golden Globe Awards, and the SAG Awards, mm. um, and also the the PGA Awards and the DGA Awards um, are are good precursors. But those are only really good in determining like picture and director. Um, okay. Also the WGA Awards, which are the Writers Guild Awards, um, and then the BAFTAs, which are like the British Academy Awards. Those are all the precursors. Um, all right. So, so now we just have, I don't, oh God, uh, 13 more like, days until Wow, less Oscars. than two weeks. Yeah. And then the next Oscar season is going to be really short because right. this one was pushed back. So, so it's going to feel like we're doing this. Again, so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm looking forward Which to that. I love. If we could have like three Oscar ceremonies in a year, I'd be thrilled. Okay. But... <laughs> Let's not be ridiculous. I think one is enough. I feel like it takes up so much energy in the room. Three would be too much. I don't need three. I don't need three. Unless they make three Grammys and they can give Dua Lipa best album in one. That would be interesting. But- That'd be lovely. Yeah. Um, anyways, other things that came out about the film industry this week. Apparently, Scott Rudin, who is a producer of, uh, what, To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. He also um, 
what other things is Scott Rudin involved in? Oh, so he's done so many Broadway shows. The Social Network, was he a producer on? Oh, I don't know if he did The Social Network, the movie. I think he I, did, yeah. Okay, he's done a lot of movies. He, I know he did um, He did Hello, Dolly on Broadway. He was mm. about to do The Music Man, and the, everyone was thinking, you know, The Music Man would get a very Hello, Dolly treatment because mm. um, it was very, you know, smartly marketed and everything. So he, he's a giant, giant Broadway producer and a very big movie producer as well well he's now a cover story on the hollywood reporter with a picture of his face and like glass smashing above it uh and the big red title of bully um apparently he's a monster which matt Steele says we all knew oh i thought everyone knew this uh this was kind of a known thing for everyone who sort of knew of him right Uh, but yes if you don't know who he is he had definitely had a reputation in the industry as being very mean very aggressive and uh, treated his coworkers in a very bad way. Right. And I, since, again, I'm at home, I am just, you know, when I'm not, you know, trying to be productive or engaging with your family, you're just on your phone the whole time. And so I I don't think if I was in L.A. I would read this story. But since I was in Atlanta, just in bed, trying to still adjust to the time change, I read the article or at least part of it. And I was like, oh, my God, this person. And the thing about it is it's not like a Harvey Weinstein in so far. It's not like he's sexually assaulting his um the people that work for him. But he is just straight up assaulting them. Like this one guy, I think he threw a computer onto his hand he's thrown computers against walls out windows um he used to when this one lady signed off signed on who was a type 1 diabetic uh she i think basically at some point he had to give her 30 minutes to like deal with that and like monitor her diabetes i think every one day she needed to do something that she knew about as he hired her and um then he decided she didn't get to have that 30 minutes anymore and like that affected her health and he could she could have sued him and did not. Uh, someone has left to go work for a different producer and he would email like the new person that hired his old like person who worked for them and uh, be like, you've stolen them from me. You need to fire them now. And Ooh. like sometimes they wouldn't. It's just like a true absolute horror show to work with. It sounds like working with it i like truly can't believe like throwing a computer at me like i don't know where we go from here yes i've heard multiple computer throwing stories wild yeah i mean and i know we we we've said naomi campbell throwing the phone is a little iconic which i mean i in theory it is (laughs) because she's an icon and a, a legend it's funny but in actuality that would be horrifying but like how about we stop throwing electronics at people who work for us i think that's a good 2021 goal for powerful people in the entertainment industry i I, honestly like i wouldn't even imagine throwing an electronic like if i I know to throw something i would throw something that was relatively cheap like uh, you know i don't know like uh uh my uh i don't even I don't know. That girl threw a fork on the real world. Oh, my uh, God. So cheap. You can get a new fork at any time. That was a big deal, though. Did they kick her out for that? No, they were about they um, all like had a house meeting and they Mm. all agreed that because Bryn threw the fork at Steven because she had a crush on Steven. But Steven liked Trishel. And so Bryn threw the fork and because they got into a fight or something and the whole house like had a house meeting and they were like, Steven, we don't want you to. Uh, say to like say that you want Bryn to leave, but it's your decision at the end of the day mm. um, whether you want her to leave. And and Stephen was like a little 
mean to her in this. But right. to be fair, she did throw a fork. But I mean, I, that's true. I remember him being. <laughs> I remember him being like, "Bryn, you ruined your life. Say it. Say it out loud. You ruined your life." Oh, and they, and they were all like, "Steven, like, don't like, don't say, don't do that." Yeah, he's so he was dumb. I remember. And also, did you see? I mean, we're going off on a tangent, but. Uh, Apparently, there's a new challenges like OGs on Paramount Plus as well, and Trishel is on it. Jeez, I know it's like Trishel and Beth and Tech. It's just like okay, I guess I'm gonna have to watch Paramount Plus. Am I gonna have to start paying for Paramount Plus? We need to figure out if your CBS All Access really does transfer, because I think I'm getting to the point where I have to either pay for it or cancel. Yeah, it. I think I think it it works. I think okay, we can put it under my name. I love that. Um, so yeah, sorry. Scott Rudin is just a horrific person to work for. It seems like I wonder, I'm because it's not sexual in nature. I wonder if it's going to have the staying power and like the longevity of like a Harvey Weinstein call out article, but it is truly horrifying to see how he would belittle and, um, treat the people who worked for him. And I know that there was someone who was a brother of someone who worked for him who later had committed suicide and like knew that like this, like knew how bad when they were like anonymous exposés about people in Hollywood. He was one of the people that talked about uh, Scott Rudin and his behavior. So it's just, I think it just goes well beyond what even what we're seeing. And there's so many people who are affected. And it's just crazy because so many people have gotten huge careers out of working for him or being one of his assistants. But this kind of treatment, it just seems like so old school, this kind of treatment of people or like the film industry having this much power that is no longer acceptable. So I hope, I just hope your industry gets better. That's yeah, it's it's over. We're done. Like no one is putting up with this anymore. I no. wonder if you know investors will threaten to pull out of the Music Man revival if he is not taken off of it. Oh shit! I, I, That's a great point. point. I wonder. I wonder if like investors will stop being like we're not going to invest in anything Scott Rudin will produce. Because I mean, right. like, look, Scott Rudin is known for having massive, massive hits and everything. But yeah. so are other producers, girl. Like That's true. Investors can work with other producers. So so I, I do hope a Music Man revival happens because I love yeah. the Music Man. But uh, I, I hope that something has changed with it where, you know, Scott Rudin is not involved. Right. All right. Well, that's the dream. Um, well, we have a couple of Billboard chart news, uh, a couple of items for you there. Firstly, of course, Little Nas X's Call Me By Your Name, Montero. It was officially the number one song in the country last week, so we'd like to give it up for him. We love him. Congratulations. And this week, a song that was not a debut, which is now rare on the Hot 100 to be number one, uh, Silk Sonic's um, Leave the Door Open has jumped to number one. I saw so. that. I think that's exciting. I just, I love that song. I think it's so great. And songs like that song, I think Cardi B's Up, which like debuted really high, probably at number two for both of them and just barely didn't reach number one. The fact that they're reaching number one in future weeks makes me happy. I just like it when the number one changes a lot. Like I remember when Halsey and the Chainsmokers were number one for like 14 weeks and then Old Town Road was number one for 19. It was just like, why have it been an entire year and there's like five number one singles? Like it just made me sad. Yeah, there was so. definitely a big stretch of time where, like, I feel like there were like there was like a two year period where it was just like uh, six people were, went number one, like exactly. in total. But I mean, also you're you're one to talk. I mean, Mariah was number one <laughs> literally every, almost every single week of the entire decade of the '90s. So. I mean, <laughs> that's different. She deserved it. Well, it Everyone also, else did it. It was also different songs. Yeah, they were di- very different songs. It wasn't just one song the whole time. And you know what? They're, those were single sales based, not like Spotify 
identify who's at the top of today's, you know, today's hot hits or whatever. Yeah, it's not like what song can go on TikTok. Exactly. So it was a different time. But either way, I'm very happy with the two. And but again, both of those people are men. So we've gotten feedback that we don't love men because we don't. But those two are both songs by men who I both of which I appreciate. Well, so. you know, sometimes men are awesome, like, you know, uh, Lil Nas X and yeah. uh, Anderson Pac and everything. But sometimes men are Scott Rudin. That's the thing. It's like, that's the thing. It's like there's no female Scott Rudin. Like, that's not a thing. Like, there's maybe that there's some hard bosses to work for, but not throwing computer hard bosses. Not throwing computer hard bosses. I mean, like, there's the the fictionalized ones like The Devil Wears Prada. I was thinking that, and everything too. Who I, I, I assume, you know, there is a woman who is horrible to work for, but, you know, they're not... I can't imagine they're throwing a computer. Right. They're not sexually assaulting or throwing computers. So, um, Also, in more Billboard news, Taylor Swift's Fearless, Taylor's version is going to debut at number one on the albums chart. So uh, apparently it's sold internationally over 500,000 copies its first day. It's just going to be a massive hit. It's just as crazy that we're going to get so many re-recordings and they're all I just know that they're all gonna go number one because I just like this is just setting the stage for this to be such a huge successful run like if she the rumor I'm seeing is that she's going to go through all of these over the course of the next year she will have put out all of her re-recordings like if that's the case and the rumor is that 1989 is coming in June and like if that's the case like I just can't I cannot fathom the amount of albums she's going to sell this year. And this is all because freaking what's his face? Scooter Braun, who, by the way, those later episodes of the Demi documentary were so like Scooter's so nice. Like, I know you've heard mean things about him, but he's a little angel. It's like, no way. Fuck that guy. Um, but there are going to be just so many, so many sales just because he wouldn't give up her masters. It's like, is it really worth all of this guys? Scott Bruschetta yeah. and Scooter. Is it worth all of this? Because she's definitely having the last laugh. Do you think she will release like a couple of her new songs as singles and some of those could go number one? I mean, I would love that. I I was listening through the Fearless Taylor version. I was like, I don't know. Something about Tell Me Why. I was like, this song's a fucking hit. Oh, like, yeah. What a great piece of music. Like, of course, Forever and Always, both the piano and regular version. I feel like that's the way I loved you or that's how I loved you. I remember the exact phrasing. All, those are like true hit songs. But something, hearing this new Tell Me Why, I was like, God, this is a song. Like lyrics, melody, chorus, everything is there. I would love it. But it seems like if she's speeding through these, if the next one's coming out in June, there's kind of no time, right? That's true. That is hard. Or maybe she like the last one is going to be like the one that has the new single on it or something. Mm. She, she's got it planned, I'm sure. That's true. I mean, that's true. After she releases her last of the re-recordings, I'm sure the new album's going to be ready and there's going to be a video ready for it. And you know what? If she's just going to give us a lot of content, I'm here for it. I'm excited to see what she does next. She's like the two-game ass, just giving you content upon content. Hey, I, and if, if that's what she wants, we'll review it. And we'll, you know what? And I love how nice the Taylor fans were to us about that uh, Mr. Perfectly Fine review because that song is great. Because, man, they have not liked us for years. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like truly at our core, we're fans. We like her. But, you know. We've never reviewed someone who we don't like. Never. I'm trying to think if I'm trying to think if we have. I don't think no. Why would we? It just we always are listening to people that we want to be listening to. Duh. Yeah. So, and guys, just Taylor's. She's. I'm sure she's exhausted, but it will pay right. off. Just her content's working. It's true. It's all working out. Um. There was one more piece of news. Well, there might be another one. I don't know. But 
I I feel like I I may be beat up on Justin Timberlake too much on this podcast, but it just came out this week that apparently the stylist who prepped Janet Jackson's look for her infamous 2004 Super Bowl appearance with Justin Timberlake told Page page 6 that Timberlake pushed for the wardrobe malfunction in an attempt to outdo Britney Spears, Madonna, and Christina Aguilera at the MTV VMAs. So after he saw that, he insisted on doing something bigger than their performance. He wanted a reveal. Uh, originally, the concept was that Janet was going to be in a pearl G-string inspired by the one that Kim Cattrall had worn on an episode of Sex in the City, and he was going to rip off part of her dress to reveal the G-string, but it changed to be her breast, which we still don't know if that part was supposed to just show like her bustier, which Janet said, or if it was really supposed to be everything. But Justin was the one to push for it because he wanted to upstage his ex-girlfriend i saw that i and was it that he so he convinced like janet he was like hey like let's let's do this yeah he convinced janet and the stylist and the whole team that like oh this is gonna be bigger than that performance that people were talking about where britney did this blah 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 and it's like god what a petty little man well then why didn't he just say that when the whole thing happened and it like blew up in everyone's faces like why didn't he say like hey this was my idea oh because he was so much more concerned about his career and then like taking up for then which even makes more sense as to why janet felt betrayed because it's like he had that opportunity he could have said oh this was my idea leave janet alone and he chose not to yeah that's insanely disappointing i know Um, i know well in less disappointing news um Friends has wrapped its reunion. And, you know, I talked about this yesterday and didn't really have much to say, except I'm excited. And I heard that David Schwimmer has given us a hint that even though it's not a new episode of Friends, apparently there is going to be some sort of reading. And I was thinking that maybe there'll be like a, a five to ten minute table read that's like kind of like a scene between all the characters. And then we'll get like an idea of where they all are in their lives now, like so many years later after the, um, I guess, how many years would it be? It would be like 18 years since the show uh, ended, something like that. And um, I'm thrilled. <laughs> I don't understand how anyone could be satisfied with just like a five to ten minute table read of something Look. that just says Rachel and Ross have kids. Like, I uh, mean, what? We, what? We, are de- we are desperate. If they are talking about the kids and we hear that. Well, they, they did have a kid, Emma, before the end of the show. But if they had more kids and they talked about it and like what their life was like and their marriage and how what Chandler and Monica were doing and what Phoebe and Joey were. It's just I you know what? We're so desperate for content from the friends. Like we will truly take the scraps they give us. And this is literally going to be them talking about how great it was to do the show and then doing a five minute scene. And I'm going to cry the whole way through. I can't oh, wait. God, how much money are they being paid to read oh. a couple lines? for five millions minutes. millions like millions upon millions I, I would love to know the number of like how much it costs to make this reunion happen oh my because god because i would guess it's at least five million a pop oh my like, god how, i am devastated long? i just i just filmed an audition yesterday where i had yeah. to play a man who uh was pretending to be a feminist to like you know be a, a douchebag to like other women to like you know be a creeper for other women mm, and yeah. uh, do you know what the it was a i had maybe four lines and the yeah. lengths I went through to make this audition pop. I was shirtless. I had a big sign that said <laughs> feminist. I, I uh, drew little female symbols around my nipples. I embarrassed myself. <laughs> and Lord knows I'm not booking this shit. I am, I am making zero dollars from this effort I put into this audition. And these friends are just reading a couple lines for five minutes and making hey. millions. 
You know what? It's it's an, it's an unfair world, and I agree with you. Hey. And you know what? I I understand the the idea of that, like your craft being used in in a horrible way. <laughs> because I was I went home and I'm on this thing soundbetter.com if people need like oh I need a, a demo vocalist to sing this song or I want someone to like write the top line to this music I've created and this guy wanted me to sing the song I don't think they'd be listening but uh it's truly the worst song I've ever heard oh. and like I initially just wanted a sample like oh we just don't need to hear you sing eight bars it's it is tuneless the message is embarrassing like it's just awful in every way and but I was like uh, if he wants me to do the full song, I will. But like, I'm going to make you pay me so much money to do it. Like you, cause you can set your own price or whatever. He has not come back. Cause I've sent my sample. He paid me for the sample, which we appreciate. But if he wants me to do the full song, it's like, sweetie, I hope you can, you can write me a blank fucking check. Cause good God, <laughs> this is, uh, like truly it's, it's written by someone who has never heard a person sing before. Like how bi- like this, you're literally wanting me to sing like my falsetto as high as it can go. And also the lowest bass notes I have, like, and it just there's no like symmetry like you'll hear one melodic line it'll never come back again like it's truly insane I mean that sounds exciting to me it's not (laughs) it is not and then once you get the lyrics I wish I could tell I'll tell you the title offline just in case they listen but like it's someone trying to be timely and of the moment and completely missing the mark it's so tone deaf like ugh. but then it's like they said it's just for demo purposes it wouldn't be released and you know if they pay me a bunch of money I'll do it but it just sucks (laughs) It just sucks. I'm sorry. So, well, that's okay. You know what? We're all doing our best. We're all struggling out here, guys. This we is really how are. we artists live. It is. It's hard being an artiste. Um, and more news. Um, Nick Cannon uh, is going to be a dad again. He's about to up the number of children he has to six. Yes. After girlfriend Abby Della Rosa revealed that they were expecting twins. I believe he just had a child with another woman less than six months ago. A different so woman. Yes. So I think with with this lady, it's now going to be, th- I guess, three women who have uh, mothered children by Nick Cannon. And there's Moroccan Monroe, I think Golden Cannon and um, Powerful Queen, which we discussed. And then these new twins. And it's just like, you know, I mean... I. I I guess, you know, do what you want. But at some point, there's there's contraception, right? Like, we don't need, <laughs> like, so many little Nick Cannons running around. And, like, I just, I wonder what Mariah feels about that. It just feels, I don't know. Everyone can do what they want with their body, like Lady Gaga Tardis on Art Pop. But I I, I just, I, I hope everyone's... Um, being taken care of in the way they should be. I hope that Moroccan and Monroe have, you know, all of the rights to Mariah's music, very locked up tight. So none of these other kids can try to get access to that. It just, if I were Mariah, I would have questions. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, (laughs) the the good thing is Nick Cannon uh, is in a position where he is able to afford six children. Uh, able true. to give them good lives. I mean, Lord, my next door neighbors had, uh, from New Jersey, they have six kids and, and they're doing great. So, so if, if they can do it, Nick Cannon, I'm sure can do it. I, I hope so. But I mean, um, father, two sets of twins, that is, that's a feat. It must run in this family, right? <laughs> I would imagine. Well, I mean, it depends if, if they're, uh, well, well, Mariah's were, uh, were they in vitro? Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah they were. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know if we know that, but yeah, they were. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, I, a lot of things can determine if they're, they're twins, a lot of, you know, especially if, you know, whether they're identical or fraternal, it's a whole thing. Um, that's true. 
But you know, hey, I, I'm glad he is finding some love in his life. Hey, it's true. You know what? And uh, be fruitful and multiply. I think that's in the Bible, right? So. Sure. And he's, he's <laughs> maybe just he, he's just taking yeah. that. <laughs> maybe he's he's very religious. He got that Mariah tattoo covered up with Jesus on the cross. So. Maybe he's just really into that. So. A, a lot of my friends are now, you know, they have just had or are in the process of having their second child uh, wow. at the moment. And they are all just like, they're like, the big fight at home now is just yelling at my husband to snip, snip, just get the <laughs> surgery. Because they're just like, they are all my friends are just like two and done. And, and it's also like, it's so much easier for a guy to snip, snip than for a girl to, to get her tube side. Just even by the name of it, it's like such a whole ordeal. I wish, I feel like there was a time long ago where the guys were like, oh, I don't want to do that. Don't want to like affect my manhood in this way. But it's like, guys, come on. My one friend, uh, she was, uh, she's trying to convince her husband to, to you know, get a vasectomy. And well, yeah. first of all, vasectomies are reversible. That's one thing. Yeah, there you um, go. But also, she's she's yelling at her husband to get a vasectomy, and he's gonna do it. But uh, yeah. for a while, he was like, "Oh, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it." And she was like, and she was joking around. She's like, "Well, fine. If you don't get a vasectomy, we're not circumcising our newborn baby boy." <laughs> and he like he like wants the baby to be circumcised, so he's like, oh, "That's not fair." And she's like, "Well." I mean, tit for tat. Let's Absolutely. say it. I also love playing in this world of like issues that we will never have to deal with. <laughs> like it's it's so hypothetical. I'm like, yeah, you better tell them. And I'm like, all right, whatever. This is never going to come up for me. I know. These it's are really genuinely fun. things that they have to like really think about it's in their crazy. lives and everything. And we're just like, I don't have to worry about getting a vasectomy. Not ever. And it's like, Lord knows <laughs> my kids are probably going to be adopted. So like, right. I don't have to, it's you just, know, it's, hey. I know. Um, and so, I mean, I hate to come to the point of the show where there's always people who've died that we need to talk about, but I feel like there are. So um, we'll talk least depressing to most depressing. Oh, Prince Philip passed away. Not that that's not depressing, but he lived a very long life. He, um, you know, his last public appearances seemed like he was, you know, of an age, you yeah. know. So uh, he, he was I'm, almost I'm 100. Yeah, he was almost 100. He was almost getting the triple digits. So he had a long and illustrious life. You know, maybe he and the queen, I'm sure, had a lovely life together. So may he rest in peace. Had a long, good one. I mean, they're literally royalty. Of course they had a lovely life. (laughs) I would have a lovely life if I was royalty. You never know. Hey. We just learned from Megan. That is not true. always what it cracked. What's it's cracked up? But, to but, so they were, but they were born royalty. So I think your life is a was, little more lovely if you're born. Was he royalty. too? Is oh, he? Well, he was. Too? He was her third cousin. Oh, oh God! Yeah, okay, you didn't wow. know that. I know. I told you, I know nothing. Okay. About the yes, the queen not and prin- the, the queen and Prince Philip were third cousins. Yikes. Okay. Well. Anyways. <laughs> um... It was a different time, guys. It was a different time. It was a different time. Sure. Um, Secondly, DMX, who I believe we talked about as being non-responsive last week, has passed away, which is just, he was 50, so not as long of a life he overdosed. It's just very sad. Like, I, his music was played so much when we were growing up, and you forget how huge of an artist he was until you see the videos of him performing in front of, like, seas and seas of people. And this is, like, in 1998. I think I I saw that much like Taylor Swift, he put out like three albums within a year and a half or something and all three of them went to number one like he was a huge huge artist like before like if you weren't following music at that moment you could miss it but it's like he was on he was on TRL he was on hip hop stations like he was respected by everyone and he seems like a like a guy obviously with his troubles but like seemed to have a good attitude like he went viral singing Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer recently (laughs) in the past few years like he just is I don't know. It's just sad. He seemed to have a real joyful spirit. And um, 
he and it was just a, a life cut short which is is very sad I, and i saw a video that was on twitter of him riding a slingshot with his daughter yes and i watched yes. that and he's I, oh my god and i cried because i was just like this is so sad because he you know it's i don't know what year it's from it could be 10 years ago 15 years ago or two right. years ago who knows um, but because I'm not sure how old his daughter is now, but you know yeah. she was probably like a seven or eight year old girl, and they rode a slingshot together, the slingshot ride and everything. And she is so scared, and she's crying throughout the whole thing. And the entire time, he's just like, he's just like, "Daddy's right here, Daddy's right here, it's okay." Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, "Oh my God! Like, what a sweet guy! Like, what a sweet father! Like, it's so sad that this poor girl has just lost her father." I know it's devastating. And um, lastly, uh, Dante Wright was murdered by police, uh, I guess, last night because we were not talking about it yesterday uh, when we did our first pass of this. And it's just I was sitting. My mom has CNN on a lot. So I watched the news. They showed the video, which I was like, didn't need to see. It seems like the cop was trying to tase him and instead fired their gun that did not have a safety on it so now they're saying it's an accident and then much like when uh that murderer killed those five um asian women in atlanta and the police chief or whoever like got emotional and said like he was having a really bad day of the police chief of the you know the force that killed this man was also like crying and emotional and like saying that she deserved due process the the cop who killed him and it's just like did he get fucking due process before he died this 20 year old child he was a kid he was stopped because his uh air freshener was uh blocking his rearview mirror that was the traffic stop it's just disgusting it's just so insane to see people be like oh well you know he didn't comply or he there was a warrant out against him and everything it's like that doesn't warrant dying that is not i know in the slightest no 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 it's it's just i saw yeah i I saw a tweet that was like when you say oh if you had just complied and no one ever finishes the sentence but it's like the finish the ending of that sentence is if since he did not comply he deserved to die and it's like do you think that is that what you think? Because that makes no fucking sense. It was a traffic stop that was about an air freshener on his rearview mirror. And now this man's life is gone. It's just I was my mom and I watched a short film called Two Distant Strangers, which is on Netflix. And it's a tough watch. It is uh, a Trayvon um, Free is the I believe director or writer or something like that. Um, but it's it's 30 minutes. It's a short film. I think it's nominated for the Oscar for best short film. And it's in this vein of things. It talks about the cycle of uh, police brutality and police murder and against black people specifically. And um, it was hard to watch. And then to wake up to another, you know, black person being murdered by police. It's like, well, I guess this movie is timely and right and nothing's changed. And the Derek, the Derek Chauvin trial is happening at the same time. It's just all it's so gross and disgusting. It's it's a lot to take in. So it's like I, I, I try to keep it light and not not consume too much of it because it can really just drive you crazy. And it's like I want to be able to live a peaceful life and not have this bog me down every day. But I couldn't you know, we couldn't not say anything about it. But it's just it's just a, a, an awful cycle that we are in the middle of. And um I just I need I don't know I would like I, I hope justice is, is found for both of these for all of the people who have been died at the hands of police unfairly um, so we'll see how it all turns out but we're thinking of his family his friends I believe he has a daughter a son I think there was a um, there's a picture of that as well and I'm just like oh, yeah. oh my god awful yeah so, so I, I mean hopefully like through all of this there's so much more awareness of it now hopefully there will be change mm. 
very soon. It's it's hard to be optimistic about that, but I I hope the same thing. But we shall see. Is there any any more news for idiots that you'd like to share before we take our break? I do not believe so. Okay. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more to game mats. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are we back? You should welcome us back. Oh, hi, guys. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> guys, welcome back to the Two Game Mats podcast. Uh, we are on to email my heart, which is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of email my heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com to spell T-W-O. So first question comes to us from Bruno. Uh, Bruno says, Big Brother Brazil is better. Uh, he says, hi, Matt. How gay are you today? Uh, the answer is pretty gay. Very. Uh, he says, Big Brother's new season is on here in Brazil right now, and our version is broadcast every day of the week for 100 days. Oh, my God. I would, I would, oh, my God. I would love that. Anyway, every day of the week? Yeah. Oh. That's what it was. Season one of Big Brother America, it was on five days a week. I can't imagine. For, but only for That's half, too much. Only for half an hour. Uh, but yeah, it's, it was it was too much. Um, uh, so Bruno says, I didn't intend to watch this year because last year was too intense and I didn't want to be sucked into it again. But here I am. Last season got political and a lot of people were determined to make justice by not letting a certain guy win. On Big Brother Brazil is the is the audience who votes people out of the game. And when this guy was on the block, people voted over 1.5 billion times because he was a favorite to win. Wow. Um, our side won and he was evicted but I have to admit that after we kicked him out the show got boring I guess it was a us versus them thing that made the show so compelling to watch and I kind of realized that was not healthy so this year I'm trying to watch just for entertainment but I constantly feel the urge to vote someone out not because of their game but because of what they stand for Anyway, so far it's been a Matt Steele question, but I think Matt Palmer will understand my dilemma because of the whole love-to-hate housewife situation. So here is my question. <laughs> Should we keep our beliefs out when watching this, these types of shows? And also, it's possible, is it possible to find entertainment in bad people without feeling anger? This is an interesting question. It's a good question. Um, I have wrestled with this because in the Bravo verse there are definitely a lot of horrible people I think it depends on the type of horrible they are you know like I do think there's a line um, where if you are problematic I think it's different than horrible problematic is like upholding systems of oppression with you, the things you say and do like if you are homophobic or racist or like you know talk shit about disabled people like something like that then like I there's no way for at least for me to watch it and like keep it separate like if you are abusive or something horrible like that then I can't I can't engage with you in a fun way and it's also different with housewives because we don't vote them off even though that'd be fun um <laughs> but I if you're just like a selfish self-centered person who makes bad decisions and like is rude like that's perfect like that's the kind of villain I would want to see I feel like there's definitely ways to be villainous on reality tv without 
stepping over into problematic. And it's hard because sometimes the problematic people are super entertaining and engaging to watch. But if it's like giving this person more of a platform is bad for the world, I will sacrifice my personal enjoyment of watching the show or the thing. Because you can find villains that aren't, you know, trying to storm the Capitol with those folks. You know, I just think that there there is a place for villainous people who are not harmful to the earth to the earth in yeah general. so those are my feelings uh, yeah you can definitely have a very very good reality villain that is unlikable but like you're kind of loving them and it, that yeah. you know doesn't verge onto oh this is dangerous to have on the television i i will say right. with big brother it is a little more interesting because it's filmed 24 hours a day there are cameras on mm. you 24 7 and so literally everyone does multiple problematic things in the big brother house <laughs> even the nicest people do problematic right. things because everyone is ignorant or has blind spots in some sort of way um it's so hard because sometimes there are people who are like insanely problematic on big brother and it's so it feels so good to watch their downfall <laughs> you right. know, like there, there's like the Aaron from Big Brother. I was going to say Aaron was who I was thinking. Who, you know, said actively like racist things and would make racist jokes and, and was just horrible to the black girl in the house, Candace. And so, you know, everyone hated the season because it was so hard to watch because, you know, Aaron was, you know, just such a villain and it was just so ignorant. But then watching her get evicted live and have Julie Chen confront her on live television about this was just television gold, people. Like it was, it, and just seeing her getting booed, like walking out the door, you were just like, oh my God. But yeah. also, there are, you know, problematic people on Big Brother who you, they're very problematic in the beginning, and then you kind of, see them grow and learn more from this experience, you know, cool. from, from living with, you know, a, a group of people who are completely different from them. So, so sometimes like there are good arcs in there that are just like, huh, this is really interesting. And this is, right. this is a, a good thing to watch, you know, and sometimes it is a good thing to watch and sometimes it ends up not being a good thing to watch. So it's, right. I remember having very mixed feelings about, you know, the Jackson win in the finale of Big Brother 21. He was a very problematic mm-hmm. house guest, but then as time went on, you could tell he was learning more, you know, about, you know, his different house guests and how he acted incorrectly and everything. Um, but sti- Was he the one that said the N-word in the house? He maybe it, it's like a maybe you don't know if that is what he said because it, okay. it's very it's hard to hear. But the fact that he has not come out and said, hey, this is actually what I was saying. The fact that he kind of has just sort of swept it under the rug. It's kind of like that's mm. a little telling, darling. So so him, right. it's, it's very. Oh, I always forget that he did that. That makes me be like, no, he wasn't worth it. <laughs> like it wasn't worth it to have him on. You know, that's literally the only thing I know about him because I didn't watch that season with you. Yeah, but he he. As problematic as a, a house guest as he was, he was also a, a very interesting house guest. Um, just like for those reasons, he was just a because, and he, it also came out later that while he was in the house, he had just, you know, recovered from like addiction from like Xanax and cocaine and everything. So it's it's like first of all, why was he put in the house? Because totally. he had all these problems and everything, and and it it was just fascinating to watch him. I don't know if it was worth it. That so he's one I have very mixed feelings about. Um, yeah. But yeah, there are other problematic house guests where it's like you do see them learn, so that's good. Um, I, I don't 
I, I do like how America does their big brother. I, I don't like it when America would vote on a house guest yeah, leaving no. or not, um, because I like it where all of the control is within the house. Um, yeah. That's just my personal opinion. Also, sorry, this has nothing to do with the question, but for news for <laughs> this is another news for idiots regarding Big Brother. Uh, a Big Brother celebrity from uh, Big Brother UK, Nikki Graham, passed away. Um, I saw that. She, she passed away. She had a long battle with anorexia, and she just passed away this week. She was only 38, which is devastating. Awful. And she, I think, was on Big Brother, the seventh season of UK Big Brother, and was such a huge character because she was very... Have dr- you watched her at all? No, I've never seen a full season of any of the UK seasons. Uh, okay. But I've seen clips of her because they're so iconic. She was mm. known for just being a huge personality, and everything was so dramatic and... And you know she would just cry, and it was amazing. And there's a and she was so she did a couple seasons of Big Brother UK, and then I think did a season of Big Brother Canada. And there was a video of I think I don't know which eviction it is. I want to say it's her first eviction, where she's leaving the house, and she's like she loses her earring on the way to the house. So she's like my earring, my earring. I don't know where my earring is, and she's like upset and crying because she's about to leave the house and everything. And the doors open as she's looking for her earring, and the audience is just going nuts for her. And you can tell that she, and it's like you see on her face that she is realizing that she is beloved by the audience. And just the look on her face is just, you should watch it. It's just incredible because she's so emotional. It's like she's realizing that, like, oh my God. All of these people love me, you know. Wow. So, so you know, um, condolences to you know her family because yeah. that's, that's that's just so devastating. Um, so the next question comes to us from Jordan. Jordan's hey, subject. Hey Jordan. Jordan's subject line is the best Oscar ceremony. Hey Matt, I've been watching some of your old Oscar videos since it's that time of year again, and it's a nice throwback, especially since this awards season feels like it will never end. And at the <laughs> end, at the end of your 2018 video, Matt S says he'd have to think about what the best Oscar ceremony was since he wasn't sure off the top of his head. So here I am, three years later, asking the two of you, what's the best and/or your favorite Oscar ceremony? Also, who the hell is winning Best Actress this year? I have my money on Andrew Day. Pure bait. Thanks. Keep putting out all the great content. It's much appreciated. Jordan. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jordan. I don't imagine Matt Palmer has a favorite Oscar ceremony. (laughs) I don't. I mean, I liked the one where Moonlight won. (laughs) I liked the The one where they thought it was La La Land and it was Moonlight. Like, that was it for me. Because it was like, this is how every show should end. (laughs) I mean, that's the... I will never forget that moment. It was just, I was on the floor. You were upset, but like, you can't rewatch it. I find it joyful. I'm like, yes, this is what should have happened. This is what should have been read. Like all is right in the world. That was the, that's the first one that comes to mind. I I mean, I'm not upset because I'm upset that Moonlight won because obviously Moonlight's amazing. And I was, I was, I I really wanted a a best picture, best director split that year. I was like, oh, I hope like Moonlight wins best picture and La La Land wins best director or something. I feel like that would be very fair because they're, you know, I love them both. But the the fact that it happened like that is what just made me so stressed. I I I will never forget that moment. It was the most stressful moment of my life. Like I that was joy for me. Oh my god! I 
I will never, I just can't even talk about it. I can't even think about it. I can never watch that moment again because it just, it's just, I have PTSD from it. Um, but anyway, what was your favorite? I would say I loved the Oscar ceremony for the 1998 year. So that was the ceremony in 1999. Whoopi Goldberg hosted. And I want to say, is it the longest running ceremony? Or the longest running broadcast ceremony. I, I know it ran so far over time. I, it was well after wow. midnight that the best picture was announced. But just Whoopi Goldberg was on fire. She was so funny, um, and it was just a great ceremony. And I like a lot of people don't like it when the Oscar ceremonies run long. I shocker mm-hmm. to no one love it when they run really long. I would love it if they were eight hours, but whatever. Um, I also really liked the uh, 2007 ceremony that Ellen hosted, where The Departed won. I think she did a very good job. Those also ran very long. And I, I, I liked the 2014 ceremony as well. But the 2007, I remember they had a lot of really cool things. Like, I remember there was a, a choir of, um, there, there was like this special choir that specializes in sound effects. Like, they don't oh, sing sing music. They like, there's like 50 of them or however many of them, and they create sound effects like birds chirping or like leaves rustling like as a group with their voices and they they did like a presentation to show about like all about sound editing like it was really cool like they did really cool things at this ceremony um and as far as who is winning best actress girl i have no idea (laughs) because i listed all the precursors critics choice went to carrie mulligan the golden globe went to andrew day the BAFTA just went to Frances McDormand. The SAG Award just went to um, uh, Viola Davis. So this is a very rare year where um, all of the actresses have each won something big, except for Vanessa Kirby. She hasn't won any big televised award, which is kind of making me want to root for her now, uh, just, because, just because I love the chaos. That's chaos. We love an underdog. As long as the name is read correctly on the envelope. <laughs> That's that's the kind of chaos that I like. Um, All right. But yeah, so the the only um, I I kind of still feel like Carrie Mulligan has the most working in her favor because mm. she is in a Best Picture nominee, which so is Frances McDormand. But um, Frances McDormand just won like two years ago, three years yeah. ago. So um, uh, she's in a Best Picture nominee. Her character to me feels like the most iconic to her like in the grand sphere of cinema to me um and i i don't know i i feel like um i feel like she has a lot working in her in her favor but i mean all she's won is the critics choice award but in 2000 for 2000 russell crowe only won the critics choice award for gladiator and then he he didn't win anything else that was televised and then he went on to win best leading actor so so it can all happen right. but i mean they all have things working in their favor and things that work against them so Right. I truly don't know. We will get there when we get there. It's going to be yes. a bumpy ride until then. All right. Well, Matt Steele, I have a question for you. Yes. What has been giving you moments this week, darling? Really know if I have one, um, but I <laughs> <laughs> I went on my first date this week. At, like after hey, we after love a, that. a long time of obviously not going on any dates, so it was nice to finally like hug a human being that I just met. Right. And, and like have and like sit down and talk with a human being that I, you know, didn't know prior. So what if, was it a pic? Was it like a picnic thing? No, we, we sat down at a, a restaurant, darling. Wow. Yeah, and and, and oh outdoor. It was gosh. it was outdoor seating still. We haven't done, right. you know, an indoor moment yet. But like 
if we, we sat down and we, we had a lovely date and I'm probably going to go on another date with him. Good. I mean, I loved him just from your Twitter quote about him where you <laughs> where he was. What could you tell us to set the scene for us, please? So I uh, he said he asked me, you know, we were talking and he was like, so can you really name every actress that's won an Oscar? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then he just gave me a blank stare. <laughs> you know, there was a moment of silence. I was like, does he want me to, like, start listing them? And, and so I was like, and so I asked him, I was like, do you want me to list them? And he just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> I like him. I do. I love, that's literally all I needed to hear. That like, is. No, it's okay. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That is the exact response that that question should have. But <laughs> mark my words, girl. Date number two, he's getting oh the list. Oh my gosh. If you don't leave that man alone, <laughs> just let him be. Um, no, I think that's very exciting. And getting back on the horse and back into the real world, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm excited. And whole new chapter. Yeah, it's just nice to meet new people. Yeah. 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 We haven't done that in such a long time. And I mean, I, that's why I like dating in general. I like meeting new people. And even if it yeah. doesn't turn out into a romantic thing, I like just making new friends. Um, but I haven't been able to do it in a while and I was able to do it. Now it's happening. Yeah. All right. Well, for me, I don't have that long of one either. I just have two things to say. The first is I feel like I have been on a years and years kick ever since I saw It's a Sin. And Ali, uh, as years and years, just put out uh, his new single, Starstruck. It is so good and fun and up-tempo and danceable and like heartwarming but still like not cheesy everyone should listen to it the video is very fun as well very funny so i just cannot recommend starstruck by years and years enough um and i watched a great music video to a great song by doja cat and says i believe the song is called kiss me more the video is really cool it's her first single off of planet her i was so excited so ready to stand uh, it also features a very handsome uh lead actor i believe his name is alex landy I oh guess my he's god someone- that's the guy i went on a date with just kidding oh my <laughs> i literally froze in place i was like what <laughs> i just wanted to know uh, what you would say well, he's gorgeous, so if you did, props to you. But I think he's married with a wife, with kids and stuff, so that would be... <laughs> if I went on a date with him, I wouldn't even ask. I would just start spouting off actresses. <laughs> I, like, I, I would just be so nervous. I would just be like, Gail Sondergaard, Alice Brady, fading into her head. Right, no hello. Just start with the actresses. Yes. Um, so I was literally prepared to stand, and right before I tweeted about how much I loved the song, I looked on the Wikipedia and was like, let's make sure... Doja's not working with Dr. Luke anymore. And lo and behold, who co-wrote this motherfucking song but Dr. Luke? Girl. Guys, I cannot do it. I can't I truly cannot like not be upset by that. And I fact I feel like the fact that we're not talking about it more is crazy. Like Every time I look and hear about a song of hers, I look up the credits and he's always there. I get it. She signed a Kimasabi record. So maybe that's a part of her contract that she has to do her singles with Dr. Luke. But then I can't I cannot get on board then. It's completely off the table for me. Like, I, I, I think she's so talented. Her songs are great. She's a great singer, great rapper. I will never have anything to do with her until she stops working. I just can't. It's like, have we not learned enough about this man and what he does? And like, even in the wildest dreams of Kesha... And her story not being right, which I don't believe. I believe she is right and is telling the truth. Everyone who's worked with him, including Kelly motherfucking Clarkson, the queen of nice, has been like, he's a bad person. Like, not even like, oh, I didn't love him so much. It's like, no, he's a bad guy. 
And that is not someone that I can promote or want to spend money, even if it's just streaming like three quarters of a cent. I'm not giving him a dime. Like, I was so ready to stand this song. I need us all to really not forget what Dr. Luke has done and the fact that he is a complete monster. And by supporting Doja Cat singles, you're supporting him. Period. And honestly, by supporting Doja Cat since she's on that label, but label is, I would be more forgiving than like he co writes her songs with her. Like, ugh. Well, ugh. So I am going to have to have a talk with my future boyfriend, Alex, about it. You should. Please talk to him <laughs> and tell him that he was supporting with his handsomeness, Dr. Luke. And we can't have that. I'm going to be like, <laughs> you, you know who would not work with Dr. Luke? Gail Sondergaard, Alice Brady, Faye Banter, Hattie McDaniel, oh my and God. Darwell, Mary Astor. <laughs> and it's, well, <laughs> on that note, we've gone pretty so long today, I must say. My gosh. I know, but I we're a day late. For the people. We're a day late. We're, so. Yeah, we are a day late, a dollar short. We're just like that uh, Oscar ceremony you liked so much. 98, you said? <laughs> we're, we're like Whoopi Goldberg on the, the uh, well, I, I call them the 1998 Oscars, but they were in 1999. It's right. very much uh, a contentious thing between... Oscar fans always go by the year that the movies came out. Non-Oscar fans always go by the year the ceremony happened. It's like, okay. so, you know, I I try to make it clear for the people. Okay, that's very kind, but also, like, you and the other Oscar people need to get over it. (laughs) Like, I just feel like that's not a big deal. But either way, thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with more 2K Mats, the podcast. Bye, guys. Bye. (laughs) 